Hello! Welcome listeners back to the Extra Unordinary. My name is Addison, and as always, I am your host. And we have everybody on tonight. Yeah! Yeah, I I can't believe that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight we are going to be talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. But before that, I want to introduce everybody in his work den that I have seen because I went to his house to celebrate New Year's. (laughs) And I met his puppy dog, Philo, and his little kitty cat, Oz, and they were precious. John's on. Hi, John. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. Trying to... I'm trying to work my ass off, but things are trying to get in the way of it, and it's the most infuriating dichotomy. I feel that. I feel that. It's like getting ahead on things, except with none of the gratification. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I will endure this. <laughs> All right, also... I have endured before. <laughs> Also with us tonight, we have Joe. Hi, Joe. Hello. How's it going? How are you do- doing, Joe? I all of a sudden have like horrible allergies that came on in the last 15 minutes. But other than that, I'm doing okay. Yeah, you sound like you have a little bit of a stuffy nose. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I just started like sneezing horrendously and now I can't breathe. Oh. That's but other odd. than that, I'm doing good. Good. Are you going to pass out on us, Joe? I hope not. I took some Sudafed, but if I start snoring, just yell and I'll wake up, hopefully. (laughs) And that laughter is from Kat, who is also joining us tonight. Hi. Sorry. (laughs) How are you doing, Kat? I'm doing okay. I just got off work, so I'm hanging out. I'm about to, you know. Nice. Just ready to be off work and chatting with some friends. Yay, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So, uh, before we talk about uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, it is now 2019. We're about two weeks into 2019. Oh, God. (laughs) Already. Yeah, it doesn't, it still feels like New Year's was yesterday. (laughs) It does. I know. I don't like it. But anyway, since 2019, that means 2018 has come and gone, and come and gone 2018 are a bunch of movies. So I wanted to see uh, if everybody could, you know, share a couple of their favorite movies that came out in 2018 and what they're looking forward to seeing in 2019. So, uh, Joe. Yes. You you probably saw more movies than any of us, and that's not a knock on anyone else. (laughs) He's he shown me how many movies he's seen with just like his movie pass. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. movie pass, and then I got the A list on top of that. So when it was all unlimited, it was quite a lot that I could go see. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun, a lot of spare time used up. Yeah, what was what is movie pass down to now? Movie pass is down to three movies per month, which is Ooh, horrible. Wow. Except. 
that I can go see like the art house movies and stuff that I can't go see oh, yeah, with I my A list before I repeat it. I need to fucking cancel that shit. I gotta remember to do that. <laughs> so Joe, yes. What are what are some of your favorites from 2018 that you're wanting to share? Well, I sent you a list that had like 30 of them on there, you did. and I've spent the but last 20 a- minutes <laughs> narrowing it down to five. So I've got down to my top five, and in alphabetical, it it is difficult. Um, in alphabetical order, Animal World, Assassination Nation, Bohemian Rhapsody, Three Identical Strangers, and Wreck It Ralph. Really, those are my top five of the year. I loved Wreck It Ralph too. Dang, I didn't see it. Oh, the sequel is so good. I've seen it like three or four times in the theater. Oh, wow. And watching it in 3D is even better because it's like playing Mario Kart in 3D when they start racing and stuff. It's amazing. That's so You feel cool. like you're driving? You feel like you're driving and moving, and even though you're not bouncing, you feel the bounces somehow. I don't know how they did it. Maybe it's like the wow. subwoofer noises that they're making or something. I don't know. All okay. Right. I'm proud of you for getting it down. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what movies are you looking forward to in 2019? Um, I got that down to four, which there's not a huge list of upcoming movies <gasps> that I could find anywhere. So I got it narrowed down to Captain Marvel, which then also ties into Infinity War 2 and seeing how that all ends up. I'm looking forward to Godzilla which I am a little bit partial to since I worked on that. And the same with Best of Enemies. Worked on that, and the trailers just dropped. So really excited to see how that turned out, too. Nice. I mean, you always have to be excited for the movies that you help create and like that you are part of. Yeah. These are my last two that are coming out after this. I'm, my list is done of things that I've worked on. <laughs> so that's a little disappointing. Too. It's a little bittersweet. Aww. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we can get you back into making some making some content. Yeah. All right, John, why don't you go? Okay, so I I just looked some stuff up to review this, and dear God, 2018 was a long year. Black Panther came out this year. Yeah, it did. I feel Black like that. <laughs> <was so> <laughs> yeah, that felt. And going through the list, I'm like, that feels like it was three or four years ago. Nope, that was that was less than 12 months ago. Okay, cool. Um, but actually, I want to say, yeah, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is actually probably my favorite movie of this entire last year. It's, it's damn near flawless. Um, I've got, I've got, weird, I've got basic answers and weirder answers for everything, but they're all gonna, they're all gonna be basic ass stuff. I love Deadpool too. I loved Infinity War. Um, honestly, I weirdly really liked, and of course, I have to give Black Panther a shout out. Uh, but I also really weirdly liked Aquaman. Uh, it was the first DC movie that wasn't horribly flawed in some way. Like you watch the movie, and there's no horrible, glaring flaws in it. And while that doesn't really make it particularly amazing on its own, it's just so nice to see. 
<laughs> so it's that, good that they uh, stepped up their game finally. <laughs> yeah, they finally stopped screwing up more than that. It's there's just horrible glaring oh, wow. all of the movies except for Aquaman. This is the one where they just stopped shitting on the character. They 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 found the good as side <laughs> characters and put them on the on the uh, on the in the spotlight and just they they didn't screw it up even a little. Like it, this movie doesn't look like it was pushed through 20 different reshoots over the course of six months. It's like they actually had a plan and the plan actually worked. So uh, that's probably my top list. Just Nice. And what are you looking forward to in 2019? Uh, of course, Infinity War and Captain Marvel, because I'm, I'm a basic geek in that way. Um, Alita Battle Angel looks really freaking cool. Yeah. Wait, what is that? It's it's that's that's why I kind of want to see it. It's really hard to say. Uh, the premise is that this I want to say cyborg. They they imply that her brain is humanoid, but the her body's entirely artificial. Who's also maybe an alien who has to fight against the man, and it turns out she's actually really good at fighting in general. Thus, the term battle angel. So it looks to have wow. a lot of layers and. I don't know. It looks kind of brave in terms of in terms of story and and setting and whatnot. It, it looks like someone watched a whole lot of anime and then made a movie, and uh, I don't hate that. <laughs> and they spent like two or three extra years working on it too, so that gives me higher hopes too that they they perfected it. It it does seem like a labor of love to start. Like they definitely did not half-ass this movie. Yeah, they that took really puts time. it towards the top of my list. And it's Robert Rodriguez. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, Kat, what about you? Um, basically, I guess all of my 2018 movies were Marvel movies. Those were the ones that I thoroughly enjoyed a lot. And then uh, Annihilation was my number one. Annihilation was a really good I movie. Loved. I read the book, and it's so different. And I want to finish the trilogy. Um, but I haven't been able to find the second one at bookstores. It keeps being sold out, so I'm guessing that means it's good. Weird. But um, having seen the movie and then going in and like reading the book, it was definitely a, a much different storyline. Like I don't know if like what happens in the movie happens in the other books or not. I'm I'm intrigued to find out. Um, so I'm excited to do that. Um, but yeah, basically that one in Marvel movies were my big 2018. I thoroughly enjoyed Black Panther. I liked Thor Ragnarok. Um, Thor I enjoyed Ragnarok Infinity Wars. God, was that 2018? I I'm going to say I didn't see it until 2018. I didn't see it until like January. Fair. Still, I feel like that so, movie came out in 2010 at this point. No, it, it was 2018 like, lasted last a decade. Year. So, okay, well, fine, whatever. But Marvel movies, for real. I did enjoy Infinity Wars. I've watched that a couple of times. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other... Oh, um, I did enjoy um, Bad Times at the El Royale. That was really good. I enjoyed that. I've been meaning um, to watch And then, oh, wait, guys, we're, like, forgetting a bunch of other really great movies. I enjoyed Sorry to Bother You. That was great. Which like, we have an uh, episode on. Oh, we do. Um. Let's see, I'm trying to think of maybe other ones that we discussed. I mean, I actually, I mean, all the movies that I saw in, I guess, 2018, I got something out of. I think the only one that I 
genuinely did not like was the fucking Winchester movie. That was a disappointment. Yeah, I just was like, you have Meryl fucking Streep and you're doing this. Why? That was Helen Mirren. Oh my god, you're right! (laughs) (laughs) That explains some things. That does explain some things. In that case, it was a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, oh my god, you're right. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Can I say I'm delirious and I'm like, fucked up on cooking all day? You don't even have to. I screw up celebrity names in like, once per episode. It's, It's mandated. Okay. Okay, great. I love I it. I set the bar very low. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, no, that was the only movie I really didn't like. I was just like, eh, by the end of it. But, they could have oh, done so guess, much better with it. Right? And I also didn't really like Solo. Shoot me. I didn't. I, I was just like, why? Even at the end of it, I was like, why did you do this? But yeah. Uh, I am looking forward to, in 2019, definitely Captain Marvel. Um, seeing Infinity Wars 2, uh, I know, I think there's, like, a horror movie, Us, that sounds interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to see that. Another Jordan Peele horror movie, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah! Uh, We are discussing that when it comes out, by the way. Good. Yes. Pencil that in. Perfect. So Um, do you want to know the theory on Solo? And why it possibly got made? No, because I haven't seen it. Oh, well, it's not going to ruin anything for you. Okay. The, th- the theory is is that they made it to tie in like the Marvel movies have been doing with episode nine. And so something from episode nine may come, or something from Solo may come into episode nine when it comes out. And so that trying was... to do expanded universe type stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if it actually ties in, but Yeah, no. The the end of Solo probably is going to make an impact in in future. Well yeah, it depends on what happens with what? Kira? Is that her is that her name? And Dark Maul. What? Solo, by the way, so I am confused. Spoilers, cat geez. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, but I'll be honest, I really care. I feel like you have no idea what I just said. <laughs> it won't make any sense. I just think they need to bring all the Porgs back. If they bring the Porgs back in episode 9, I'll be happy. Oh I'm my bad. god. I, didn't hate I hated the Porgs, I and the then por- I learned the about why are they adorable. Had the Porgs, and they then look I was delicious, okay too. Well, no, no, no. It was generally, I guess it was like puffins living on the island that they can't like kick off the island that they're native to. So they're like literally like puffins. And I was like, oh, that's adorable. So it somehow made it more okay with me. Yeah. (laughs) I did love that story that they had to edit over the puffins. And that's where Forks came from. Like there's these super intense scenes, but there are these all these motherfucking puffins just chilling and just like watching it all happen. And they're like, please leave. And the puffins are like, hell no. Oh my god. I love it. I love these little I love the I love the porgs. I love puffins. Okay, is it my turn to go? Oh, and then I have wait, one last movie. Uh this one won't maybe you guys don't have you guys ever read the book Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Bernadette. It's by one of the writers from Arrested Development. Um, 
Haven't read it, but the I saw book the trailer is great. for it. I have actually read it multiple times, and I always get a chuckle out of it because it's just so absurd and ridiculous. So I'm in, so I'm hopeful because it's a very straightforward book that it can be like it'll be a movie based on a book that actually follows the book. But yeah, it looks like a fun ride at least, at the very minimum, a fun hour and a half to two hours. Yeah, if they can see somewhat true to the spirit of it, I'll be happy. I will be happy. All right, so my favorites from 2018, uh, number one is Suspiria. And I feel like that might surprise some people because of how nuts I went over Hereditary, but I legitimately believe Suspiria is one of the best movies I have ever seen in my entire life. Wow. It's incredible. Also Hereditary. I love that movie. I knew my cat after payment. Oh, he's so big now. I know, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> but I'm mad at him right now because I was trying to pick him up and he scratched me. Oh. Yeah, and it actually really fucking hurt. Um, I love this movie's Into the Spider-Verse a lot. That was good. It's so good. I feel like the hype train is dying down on Bird Box, but I really did enjoy Bird Box a lot. I thought it was very intense. And um, just a... F- just a fun movie to watch. I also li- also really liked Dumplin', the Netflix original movie. I liked Dumplin' too. Dumplin' was That was cute. I love that movie. It was so cute. It was precious. And I really enjoyed Sorry to Bother You. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't go out to the movies very often. Usually it's um, if there's a new horror movie I really want to see, which isn't all of them, surprisingly. Or you know, something for this show, like Sorry to Bother You and Into the Spider-Verse, which I'm really glad I'd go and see them in the theaters because I love them. But um, honestly, I'll probably have to play catch-up until at least March because I know I'm going to like Vox Lux. I know I'm going to like The Favorite. The Favorite was really good. But I haven't, the favorite was really good. I haven't seen them yet. I want to see it. I'm so excited for The Favorite. <laughs> Totally worth it. It's not really ex- exactly what you're expecting, which was what I thought was brilliant about it. Everybody tells me that, and I'm just like, I don't know what to expect. And, like, the trailer looked really good. Yeah. It's it's the trailer multiplied by, like, 50. There's, yeah, nice. there's so much to it. It's, it's yeah, it's great. I'm excited um, to see those. So those are movies I'm looking forward to just seeing that were from 2018 because I'm behind. And the movies that I'm looking forward to seeing in 2019, I feel like I I am like the outcast now because I'm like, yeah, I like the Marvel movies, but I it I feel like I only go see them now to know what happens without getting spoiled, and they just don't excite me like they used to. So I think they're cool. I love that Captain Marvel is getting a movie. I'm glad that there's like after what, 11 years in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's finally a fucking female-led superhero movie. Yeah, it took them long enough. Yeah. We know she's gonna totally fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks good, and I love Brie Larson, so I think I will go check that out, but the movies I'm most excited for are Us, Jordan Peele's movie. I think that looks insane. I ended up having to turn off the trailer because I feel like it was going to go too spoilery and want to be surprised. It was a good call. Very good call to do that. 
Yeah, the part of the premise, at least, is revealed. A lot of the premises. <laughs> well, sort of. Maybe. I'm looking um, forward to Under the Silver Lake, directed It Follows, which was an amazing horror movie from 2015. I'm looking forward to Ugly Dolls, and I hate that I'm looking forward to that, but it looks fucking adorable. Oh, that's the uh, animated movie. It's like an movie. animated yeah. movie. It just looks really cute, and I need some cute happiness in my life. Um, Detective Pikachu looks Oh, yeah, that good. looks like it's going to be a ride. <laughs> I, I, I hate how much I'm looking forward to that. But, like yeah. you're begrudgingly going to watch it. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you too. I, I'm not really wanting to see it because I feel like they miscast Ryan Reynolds in the role. But at the same time, it looks like it could be really good. I don't think they wait. Don't question. Do you yeah, guys feel like I don't? I don't understand that standpoint. <laughs> it, are Ryan Reynolds and Chris Pratt basically everyone now? <laughs> I think so. Kind of. They're like between the two of them. They're in everything. I mean, you gotta throw Benedict Cumberbatch in there somewhere. I'm sorry, I actually said his name right. I can't remember the last time I actually did that. <laughs> Who's that? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Smog. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is Quentin Tarantino's take on the Manson family oh, letters. Lord. I'm so excited for that, I can almost cry. Um, it chapter two, duh. That comes out next year. Wow. Yeah, that was fast. Right. I feel like it didn't come out that long ago, but at the same time, I feel like Black Panther came out like five yeah, years. Yeah, no, twenty eighteen <laughs> lasted forever. Yeah, twenty eighteen was a slog. Fast. Yes, it did. And of course, um, Star oh yeah, Wars. Star Wars, woo! Star Wars. We talked about Star Wars earlier, and we didn't even talk about the new one that's coming out next I this am year. excited to see the new no, one. Year, I will not lie. Maybe I'm torn. What... I'm, yeah. I'm, I feel like part of me is going to be disappointed, and I feel like part of me is going to love it. I mean, I've been ready to be disappointed by Star Wars movies since after episode one. <laughs> <laughs> you were burned at an early age. Yeah, that lesson was taught to me. Oh god, we're getting Frozen 2. Wait, why are they? I thought they completed Frozen storyline. They just need to let it go. Wow. Wow. You proud of yourself? (laughs) So we're going to continue the rest of this episode without Joe. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been nice having you on the cross. But, uh, yeah. Uh, just kidding. We love you. Yeah, you are. I love you guys too. Sometimes. I hate it. But before we go into talking about uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, we want to do catch our listeners up. Um, so you guys have been seeing possums everywhere. Uh, we are still, this podcast is still the extra and ordinary. It will always be the extra and ordinary, because I like that name. What Moon Possum is, uh, that is the company I started. Um, it's a production company that does now own the extra and ordinary and we're also setting out into new ventures such as a youtube channel vimeo videos and hopefully short films uh i want to do a docu- documentary series uh travel series all types of things 
bill and that will all be under the uh, umbrella that is now Moon Possum. And if there if there are things you'd like us to like to see us do, let us know. We are all attractive people. And other podcasts. Yeah, please reach out. <laughs> I think I think you just just jumped straight to like, are we are we going to start a Patreon now? Actually, Is that what's we happening? are, but it's not going to be that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Because I don't have enough risque cosplay for that. I need to expand my repertoire. Uh, I don't think I am. So we're going to get more into that. Uh, hopefully the website will be launched uh, when this episode comes out. I wanted to launch it earlier, but it's taking a lot longer than I expected it to. Uh, that happens when you don't plan ahead, and I don't plan ahead. But me and Kat were working pretty much all day Friday on it. More to go. Yeah. Oh, I was saying, I yeah. feel like we made some progress, yeah. for sure. Um, but we definitely probably have. But we'll get there. We got there. I feel like we definitely have, like, a nice direction. That's going to be up when this episode goes up. That's cool. You can read all about uh, Moon Potom, what we want to do, what we're planning on doing in the near future, what our goals are. It's going to be a fun ride. So, uh, before... Before we get started on talking about the movie, we're going to take a short break, and here you can hear about another awesome podcast. Hi, podcast listener. Are you that weirdo in your group of friends who loves horror movies? I sometimes like to see sick, nasty things, and this is kind of a sick, nasty movie. Do you wish you knew other weirdos who could let you know what's worth seeing in theaters and help you find those hidden gems on streaming platforms? No, the trailer should be like, it'll make you feel uneasy. Then you should check out The Bloodlust, because that's what we've been doing since 2014. Every other week, we bring you a new in-depth review of films from all over the wide map of horror. I'm always fond of found footage movies. That's a lot of Fs. Nordic noir. Ooh, I love mm. it. Ghost jumping out of you does not a horror movie make. <laughs> Highbrow or lowbrow, indie or blockbuster, The Bloodlust respects them all. I love me a good epic adventure. We pride ourselves on giving our opinions without being snobs or d-bags about it. I don't like this movie. 100% not but. Yeah, and I hate movies that are over two hours long just on principle. Sometimes we can get a little dark. Mental torture. That's what life is. That's what adult life is like. Yeah, I know. I don't need any more of it. Right. See, that's But it's very cathartic to me. But it's all in good fun. So come join us at thebloodlust.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. And celebrate the best and most misunderstood genre of them all. That's the difference between me and you guys. You guys saw it and you were like, wow, interesting exploration of the human feelings. And I saw it and I'm like, my nervous system is overloaded and I'm going to vomit.
and we're back. I hope you enjoyed that message from, I don't know, probably the bloodlust. So, tonight, as stated before, we're talking about Into the Spider-Verse. Joe, do you want to read all the movie specifications and titles and whatnot? Sure. I will try and pronounce these names correctly. Um, this was directed by Bob Persichetti, I think. Um, Peter Ramsey and Rodney Rothman. It was written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. The release date was on December 14th of 2018. And it is starring Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Mahershala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, Luna Lauren Velez, Kimiko Glenn, John Mulaney, Nicolas Cage, and Liv Schreiber. Um, the plot. While doing street art at a disused subway station with his uncle, teenager Miles Morales is bitten by a radioactive spider. He reaches out to his uncle, Aaron, later for help. And when he cannot get in contact with him, he returns to the station and discovers a secret laboratory belonging to Wilson Fisk. Fisk has built a particle accelerator to access a parallel universe to be with his deceased wife and son, or at least an alternative reality version. Miles meets Spider-Man, who is killed during a battle with Green Goblin and Prowler to stop Fisk from carrying out his plan. Before he dies, he gives Miles a USB in order to destroy the accelerator. Soon after the death of Spider-Man spreads, Miles tries to harness his newfound abilities, but not before meeting Peter B. Parker, a Spider-Man from another dimension. This was produced by Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures Animation, Marvel Entertainment, ARAD Productions, Lord Miller Productions, and Pascal Pictures. And distributed by Sony Pictures Releasing. I freaking love this movie. Um, God, there's so much to say about it. The, uh, the artistic style is unique and interesting. Um, they found a great way to integrate Miles Morales into... into a spider universe um, and they were able to bring in so many characters like spider gwen is incredibly popular and for pretty darn good reason uh, and the spider verse version where uh, for those of you who don't know the backstory this isn't really much of the plot to the movie but um, gwen stacy kind of goes through the same thing with peter parker that peter parker went through with gwen stacy essentially they both lost each other Aww. yeah so they don't wow. really play it up in this movie, but it's kind of a big deal for them to see each other and much less see each other alive, well, and superheroing. Um, but um, there's lots of little things like that in this movie that they that they touch on. They do the comics a great justice. Uh, they do the characters a great justice. They're incredibly inclusive. They actually make uh, Peter B. Parker Jewish with like half a second of content, which I think is a great way to make, be inclusive on a character because his, Oh yeah. He, um, yeah, I remember that. Yep. The, the stomping on the glass. Aww. That's uh, just a little thing. And of course, it's nice because it doesn't dictate anything about the character. They're not waving in your face or shoving it. It's just, he is what he is. And that's it. He's, he's, he's Spider-Man. Um, and they do a lot of great stuff with that. They, they do a good job of being culturally aware without shoving it in everyone's faces, which movies generally are terrible at. They, they either 
misstep or just don't include anything like that at all. And that was really nice to see that. Um, and just generally a great movie. They had a lot of plot lines. Literally every Spider-Man had some level of character development, except maybe Spider-Ham. No, that had the most character development of all. Did he? I don't, I don't think so, but God damn it. I no, he was a good character. But like, this is going to sound weird. Spider-Ham had his shit together better than most of the spider people. I know! <laughs> That's it shouldn't be that way, but it, it was. It was that way. Spider Ham has his shit together and the rest of the spider <laughs> people are kind of like it's Spider Ham followed by Gwen by Gwen and that's that's those are the two spider people who have their shit the most together. Um, but I feel like Spider Ham has to because he's a parody. Also, their depiction of of Peter B. Parker's emotional breakdowns are hilarious. That was just beautiful. When they showed him in the (laughs) shower crying in a Spider-Man costume. Oh, man. It's a good movie. God, there's just so much. There's so much to get into. I feel like this is the Spider-Man that Deadpool would have loved to hang out with. Yes! Love the movie, love the writing. The thing that got to me the most, um, being one who loves art and the arts and everything, is the diversity of the artistry that they used for the characters. That They didn't try to take the different five or six universes and make them all into the same animation style. That they stayed true to each style. And even watching the backgrounds change to different styles that they've used throughout Spider-Man. So sometimes it was pointillism, sometimes it was like a 3D version, and just all of it was just, it was ocular love through the whole movie. Okay. Um, there's an interesting implication there. Um, th- people have kind of shown that the art style that they, because they show you each of the individual worlds at the end, they kind of imply that the art style for Peter B. Parker may be real world. <laughs> so he may be the real world where that's been thrown in with all the comic book people. Yeah. Wait, would that mean he's the Tobey Maguire one? It basically? might. He did do, he did reference Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah, he did the fucking neat, he did the fingers. Yeah. He did the fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might be Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man like 15 years later. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Someone needs to get a hold of Toby McGuire, sweet. Yeah, I really want to hear his name. He would have been a divine casting choice. Speaking of Nick Cage as Noir Spider-Man Noir, no. I had no that idea brilliant. that was him until someone told me, and I was like, no. I knew it going what? in, and it stood out as such a ridiculous thing, and he. It was just perfect. It being a ridiculous thing was perfect. No, it was great because he was trying to be so freaking edgy, but he was all also goofy. They got in a huddle to talk about Miles, and he's like, "We're talking," and he's looking right at us. The part with the big cube killed me. Yeah, he comes from a world of black and white. He literally doesn't understand. 
<laughs> In the end credits, they show he figures it out. Oh. Yeah. Which actually makes an interesting point. Apparently, he's from a world of black and white, but he can see color. Ooh, that is really interesting. That might be a spider power, though. We don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I are spiders think so. If anything, they see more colors than I do, than humans do. Yeah, they might see different spectrums, but I mean, psychic powers also aren't a spider thing. So <laughs> there's there's some leeway with Spider-Man powers a little bit. Uh, that's debatable, though. The spider sense thing, spiders can sense when there's no, they, danger approaching. It's you, like flies. You can look it up. They just have a shitload of eyes and good reaction time. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all that comes down to. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, as someone who, really, I, I won't lie, I don't know a lot about like the Spider-Man universe. I've seen all the movies, of course, like the classic and three Spider-Man the old school ones, the live action. So I didn't really know a lot going into this, but I found the movie, it seemed like it had enough of information for people who knew a lot about the series to be excited about it. And it was successful enough for someone like me who really didn't know a lot to not feel excluded and like left out. Does that make sense? Like I, yeah, I loved it. It made me want to learn more about these characters like Spider-Gwen as guys both like everyone said is like was awesome and i like how they introduced her like at first you're like oh they're really setting up this like love interest like really early like what's going on like why like what's happening why is she there and then you're like oh shit she's been following him that's awesome <laughs> yep like, she's actually real good at this <laughs> she is very good and i <laughs> i don't know that was that was very pleasant she but I also liked how kind of the way they play off each other, like they're all super different. Like all the spider like all the spider people, is that I what don't we know what to call them? Yes. Spider folks. The, the spider, the spider posse. Punch? I don't <laughs> I know. That. We can just call them all Spidey. Spidey! Uh, so yeah, just like all the Spideys, um, they were all super different, you know, especially, you know, we've been talking about the animation style, kind of the way they, like, talk and, or how things have happened in their life, but, like, what their core, like, the things that matter to them their most, like, their core points were all very, like, we're all the same, it was like, uh, they go through that, like, montage of, like, when you get down, do you back up? Yep. And, like, that was really I actually really love like, that you brought that up, because um, one of the biggest things that they've done in the comics is Spider-Man <laughs> used to be based entirely off guilt, which which they kind of did here too, but they've slowly been adapting it from being about just Peter Parker has reasons to be guilty about everything, um, to refusing to get to get knocked down and not get back up. They always get back up. Um, and they really drove that home in this movie. So that's that is a great yeah, thing definitely. to bring up that that's that's the spider thing now. It's not feeling overwhelming guilt. It's the refuser refusal to let anything stop you from doing good. I mean Except for the one who died at well, the beginning of the he movie. Tried. He 
He did try. <laughs> he kept getting back up. Well, he just, you know, had his lungs collapsed. I, I I thought it was more of like fucking Kingpin just like smashed his little yeah. body into jelly. Yeah, that's that's pretty. See, like he was all arms and torso. Yeah, he was pretty much turned into spider jam. Oh no! Spidey Spider Jam, get it now, kids! <laughs> yeah. But um, can I ask you a question? So, as someone like again, I really don't know much about like the series. Um, is the guilt that is like uh Peter Parker Spider Man's dealing with is that the guilt of Uncle Ben? Uh, it it keeps refreshing. Basically, once he gets at a point with uh coping with what's happened with uncle ben and kind of resolving all the loose threads there um he accidentally kills gwen stacy by basically failing to save her they've done it a couple different ways but she basically falls to her death and he either uh screws up with the spider webbing and it basically catches too fast and snaps her neck or she straight up Ah! like taps the ground like oh yeah she dies brutally and it's kind of his fault. Only kind of. But also it's his fault that she was there to begin with. And, oh god, I think there's a whole arc in the ancient comics where he marries Mary Jane, but she turns out to be a water clone. And he can't save her. Wait, and so I'm sorry, a what? A water clown? Clone. She was a clone of Mary oh, Jane okay. that was pretty much made out of water. Uh, think Sandman, except okay, okay. except water. <laughs> But yeah, they they always I mean, kept like giving him something new to feel guilty about. So he was always driven by the guilt of not being able to save someone or it being his fault that they died. And like, they kind of pile that, it, it weirdly evolves. They pile that shit on from when he was like 16, so he never really got to grow up because he was forced to grow up into Spider-Man so fast. So... They take this weird evolution that um, basically Spider-Man's greatest weakness is that he never got to get past being a teenager. Oh. Yeah, someone at one point takes over his body, Doc Ock does, and he pretty much just runs both Peter Parker's life and Spider-Man's life better than he ever could. (laughs) <laughs> like he becomes Stark Jr. running Parker Enterprises and starts rescuing freaking low level villains who are just doing it to be desperate and like giving them engineering jobs. Because, hey, you made a gun that shoots Falcons and that's impressive. I have never seen that before. You want a job instead of trying to rip off banks? That's fucking magic. If you have a gun that shoots. Falcons out of nowhere. That's yeah. I thought that was a good adaptation of all the random ass abilities and tech that people seem to be able to come with. And Marvel was like, you know what? I don't know why you're robbing banks. It's you can you can get this job. I think they have an arc, or at least a comic, where one of the low level villains is set up for a heist, and it turns out that the thing they're stealing is a kid, and he just turns on everyone else in the van and basically steps out with his hands up and just goes, nope. No, I was fine with robbing rich people. Not fine with stealing the kid. And then that's when I, I think that one is Dr. Ox Spider-Man offers him a job. It's, uh... Oh, man, the Spider-Verse is all over the place. Um, but yeah, they drive him with guilt for a very, very, very long time. And any time it wears out, they give him something new to be guilty about. 
um, which is why I really like. That's fucking rough. Oh yeah, no, it's horrible. They are brutal on Spider. Well, because like Peter Parker's a nice guy. Like mm-hmm. he's a good guy. Yep. Like that sucks. He definitely doesn't deserve any of the guilt. Uh, no. But he keeps getting handed to it anyways because he is forced to life or forced to deal with life or death situations when he was sixteen years old. Of course, it didn't work out well. But again, that's why I pointed out earlier that they've started to kind of move the the motivation from guilt to refusing to stay down and always getting up. Um, and that it's, it's just kind of a relief. Like he still goes through so much shit, but at least this time he's not internally tortured the whole time. So they move from guilt to spite. Mm, kind of. <laughs> um, so it's, it's my turn to say what I thought about the movie. I hate myself for waiting so long. I just saw it yesterday. So disappointed in myself. It's good. Yeah, it's, so it's good. really good. Um, even though I'm kind of burnt out on superhero movies, uh, I love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man ever since I saw Sam Raimi version. Actually, before that, because I really enjoyed the animated series 90s. Oh, that was a good series. Yeah, and I enjoyed Sammy, Sam Raimi's version of Spider-Man. That shit did get weird, though. It did get weird. The, well, yeah, there was the point where he turned into a giant spider and gave birth to himself. Yeah. That was... <laughs> shit, shit. Anyways. Uh, so I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Of, I, and I have said this for about the past years. I said, there, there is no reason they can make a Spider-Man movie that's just as good as The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And they did that with this movie. It's so good. It has so many layers. It has so many little plot lines. I, I know. I'm so happy about it. <laughs> you know what? One of the most divine things that I've that just kind of struck me in this movie that's really more of a mechanic than it is something on the audience side. Um, let's see, what were their names? Um, the guy who played Peter Parker and the guy who played Peter B. Parker. I didn't realize that they were different people. When the movie started, I thought I had just pegged the actor wrong. That's how close they were. That the the shift in voice acting was so close that I just thought I was wrong <laughs> from what I heard in the commercials. Uh, yeah, it was Chris Pine going into Jake Johnson, and it's Peter Parker versus Peter B. Parker, and they sound so similar, except one does sound like 15 years older and so much more tired. Yes. <laughs> and they just managed to cast that and act that so well that I I was looking for it and didn't pick it up. I, I thought they were the same person, too. Mm-hmm. They did a good job with it, where it's it's so viable. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of my favorite things about this movie uh, that hasn't been touched on was John Mulaney as Peter Porker slash Spider Ham. This gave me so much fucking joy. I did not realize that was John Mulaney. Yeah, I didn't realize that was a real yeah, thing. Yeah, Spider-Ham is a real thing. Yep. 
And now I want to go back and read all about Duck Tur Ock. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh no, it was Duck Tur Doom. That's what it was. Duck Tur Doom. Yeah, he fights a duck that's Dr. Doom. What? Yeah. Wait, you're not shitting us? That's actually real. No, that's. No, that is a real thing. I, spider well, I want to read it weird, more man. now. One of the one of the spider people in the Spider Verse is Spiders Man. It's small. Who's literally just thousands of spiders who think they're Peter Parker. I am so glad they did not choose to use that guy for this. <laughs> yeah, movie. me too. I got. I got. I think that would. I got freaked out by one spider. That was a <laughs> lot. <for me. laughs> there were like. Two spiders in that movie, though the little spider, her like spider on her on Penny's shoulder at the end. Oh yeah, but that was well, that was the one that was piling the mecha. That's this for her. The spider survived, and the and the spider was part of the mecha, so it, it was there the whole time. You just didn't know. It was just communicating with the emojis. No. Yeah. She had a loving re- relationship with her spider and her spider mecha. I mean, she was. Kind of like diva spider, spider. Yeah, she actually, actually, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of exactly it. <laughs> Which I mean is perfect because like diva is a, a really awesome character and for fun to play. And if anybody plays Overwatch, totally check her out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to have that they had characters like that. Like anyone would look at Spider Ham and go like, okay, that's a brave choice to feature Spider Ham in a movie. But it worked. They made it. Yeah, they got a good spread it of did, spider folks. It didn't just work. They, it was amazing. Yeah, they. It was. It all served the purpose of giving you spider people who were just like Peter Parker. Like Gwen Stacy was in the, in the very similar settings. Peter B. Parker was in almost identical settings, and then out of left field, you get freaking anime spider chick. And then Spider Ham, who literally has a mallet that will fit. Okay. And his little nose had little <laughs> Spider Ham face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does Spider Ham not have web slinging ability? He does. Oh, he does. Yeah. He has all of the regular Spider Man abilities. Also, he's a cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite thing about Spider Ham is that when he's with his mask, when his eyes make an expression, so does the nose. (laughs) That was just that was great. It was so hard to to not look at. Yeah, I love how his nose reflects the eyes. That was one of my favorite things. Yeah, that was a great touch. I loved it. Yeah, and Joe just uploaded that. Yeah, Marvel Tales starring Spider Ham versus Duck Tor Doom. I fucking hate all of this. <laughs> um. Well, my friend told me today. So apparently, Peter B. Parker's sh- wearing two different shoes throughout the whole movie. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we talk about That's Lily awesome. um, as May Parker? Oh, Lily! Oh, really, really quick here. Back to sp- back okay, to Spider Ham for fine. one second. There's that's a quote fine. that I found before. This is a this is astounding. Am I a spider with the limitations of a pig or a pig with proportionate strength and agility of a spider? 
I've become something greater than either spider or pig. I've become a spider ham. So even he doesn't know at yeah. first what he is. But yeah, Lily Tomlin was amazing. Did not realize it was her. Movie. I thought it was the lady from Glee. I can understand how you got that, but it's... They have I can see that, but if you just move that like one notch on the scale, Gwen Stacy was the girl from Pitch Perfect. Exactly. So it's <laughs> it's not true for that character, but it is true for another character. <laughs> Mahershala Ali from Green Book. Green Book was amazing. If you'd get a chance to watch that, I love him from House of Cards. So Park. good. Am I gonna have to be the one that brings up Moonlight? You might. You haven't seen, I haven't it, seen it yet. Yeah, I never saw it either. Is that stunned silence? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I actually did not know what to say, but that is that is homework assignment. And he's also in Alita coming up. Off topic. Moonlight's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And you should night It's on my list of movies to watch. One of my friends for Christmas got me a 100 movie must-see movie list where I can like cross off them, cross them off as I see them on a poster. And that is actually one that's listed on there as one of the top 100 movies that everybody must and, see. And uh, Mahershala always does it just like he does in this movie. His voice has a lot of emotional range, which I think can be very rare. That's not even his full name. Wow. Mahershalal Hashabaz Ali. Yeah. Honestly, that sounded like you were about to start doing that song from Aladdin. (laughs) Moving on. I think the reason Nick Cage was perfectly cast in this movie is that Mandy came out earlier, a few months earlier, and it, they're just like top notch Nick Cage. It is. It's that character was the perfect combination of goofy and dramatic that can really only be reached by Nick Cage. Oh yeah, it's actually it's why I think he was the best big daddy. Yeah, he has he has all the sub- Spider-Man snark, but he also talks about burning matches down to your fingers just to feel alive, punching Nazis, and just, yeah, no, it's the weirdest casting choice, but it's also a divine casting choice. Like, I, I would... And I feel like he brought yeah, some of his big daddy character to it, too. I have to compare that casting choice to this, what we were talking about in the... Uh, Muppets Christmas Carol movie where I never would have cast Gonzo as Charles Dickens, but now that we're here, I can't see it any other way. Exactly. (laughs) Back to Spider-Ham. I almost peed my pants laughing at saying, that's all, folks. And Peter B. Parker going, is is he allowed? (laughs) Can you say that? Can we use that? (laughs) Also, do animals talk in your dimension? Yeah. Dude, do pigs talk in this dimension? Because I really don't want to freak. 
passes out. That's perfect. All right. Answered that one. That's perfect. I love it so much. And I love how he gives him the hammer at the end. He's like, and this will fit in your <laughs> and pocket. And here's the thing. We don't see the hammer for the rest of the movie. So clearly it did. I know. So now, Miles Morales is running wow. around the city with a cartoon hammer in his pocket. And it looks like a cartoon hammer in his I dimension. Just have, like... Yeah, it does. He has retained a magical evil. artifact from another dimension. Beautiful. Like, does that mean he gets to be like Mr. Game and Watch and just fucking go after people with yeah. two-dimensional value? Yeah. It means exactly that. Just be fighting one guy, then suddenly, wham, hammers. Where the hell did that come from? Oh, it fits in your pocket. Don't worry about it. It's one of my spider powers. Cartoon hammer. And there's also a Dr. Horrible joke in there somewhere, if you've all seen Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. I have, but what's the joke? Captain Hammer. Uh... And by Hammer, I mean my penis. Oh, I thought you meant something they said in the movie. I was going to say. Well, the hammer fits well, in his pants. Doesn't everyone's? Hey! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> on some days. Depends on the length of your jorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> Love you guys. Love you too. Oh. So, <laughs> speaking of some bullshit, I love the relationships. Like, the whole like loving somebody even though they did something bad. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really, well, well, and really showing, showing someone that was legitimately super villain evil like was totally willing to murder a kid but then when he finds out the kid he's supposed to murder is, is his nephew he still, still takes, takes that, that little bit of goodness he has in him and head and pulls that out because he, he didn't even hesitate. Oh yeah, and that was that was good to see. It was very real because they never did anything to make him really a good person. He was he was a pretty awful human being who was trying to be a good uncle, and yeah. only kind of sort of doing it. Yeah. Oh, one thing I noticed the second time through the movie too is when he first goes to when Morales first goes to see his uncle. His uncle is watching episodes of Spider-Man. <laughs> what? On his TV. Oh, yeah. The Spider-Merch is all... So, I don't know if he's researching, or if he's just excited to watch it, or or if it just happened to be on, or what, but it was very interesting that that was what was on the yeah, television. Yeah, this universe plan. and Peter B. Parker's universe both just had full-on Spider? spider stuff. There was a Spider-Man TV show, there were legitimate Spider-Man costumes. Oh, oh that yeah. Stanley cameo hurt too. Oof. Now, that was yeah. they they did it at such a tender part in the movie too, so you were just Oh, you were emotionally revved up and then you had to see Stan. Oh. From what I understand, this this movie was one of his apparently he really really wanted this movie to come out. He's always had a soft spot for Spider-Man. 
I'm glad they were able yeah. to put him in there. Well, I want to understand, he's got his cameos in time. Like, pre-recorded for pretty much everything for the next 10 years. Yep. I mean, the, the man did not die young. He lived a, a good, full, long life. So they, they had some plans in place to yeah. keep the cameos alive. I, I, I did love the cameo. It got me very, very much in the feel. Yeah, that, that one gave the feels. Mm-hmm. Does it fit? It'll fit everyone. Eventually. <laughs> I did love that message, too, that uh, anyone could be Spider-Man. They believe in us. I legitimately cried at the end of the movie when they showed the movie. I really did mm. cry. I walked out of the movie crying. It, it, was, it was very tender. It was. But they're also wrong. It, not everyone can be Spider-Man. Literally all of them are smarter than everyone else before they got bitten by the spider. <laughs> No, you too can be Spider-Man if you're a super genius, or and that's fine. Because like, Gwen Stacy or Spider-Ham are probably the least, and they're still smarter than everyone else. (laughs) Even the non-junior Tony Starks are still smarter than everyone else. You can be a Spider-Person, you just have to literally be smarter than everyone else before you get your powers. (laughs) But I don't think that's the point of the message. No, no, it's not. But I just had to point that out. Like, it's it's like seeing a supermodel saying, like, anyone can be beautiful. Like, well, yeah, from your perspective. <laughs> or just, you know, this guy with superpowers saying, anybody can be a hero. Like, well, yeah, it's a lot easier when you can throw a truck, though. You can design your own web shooters in your basement. It kind of gives you an edge. Jesus. It does. I know, I know. I just, I just ruined the town. But it had to be said. Anyone can be Spider Man so long as you're genuinely smart. I think you can do anything. If you're genuinely smart enough, man. Spider Man. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm sharing this meme. So I'm on Facebook, just scrolling. And here's this meme that says Chanel. Versus Walmart. First picture is Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Good picture is Tony McGuire and Mary Jane. Oh. And this is like yeah. why people born after 2000 just stay away from <laughs> I'm sorry, that was too great to great not share. Uh, <sighs> there's a whole weird section of the internet for. Raimi Spider-Man movie memes. I know. And it's... Pretty great. It's a magical and terrible place. <laughs> like us. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Alright. Oh, I... Because I really, really get in depth is the animation and effects this movie. Absolutely jaw dropping. No, my jaw was literally off the entire time. It was beautiful. I really liked all of the ridiculous animation they did during the credits. It was so all over the place, and it but it was so <laughs> so Spider Man. It, it was good. 
I mean, I said it before, but I feel like these these are the spider people that Deadpool would want to be best friends with. I feel like that's something that in the comics that's never made it into movies, and now that we've had into the Spider Verse, it has. Um, but yeah, the visual effects are great. But to to, to piggyback on that, one of the the voice acting along with the visual effects and fighting was just perfectly on point, especially with all the Spider-Man snark. Yes. When he was fighting Doc Ock, and she's like, I'm losing fight. And he's getting thrown around the room. And he gets... And the snark was just on point. He's running down the hallway with Peter and the monitor. He's like, okay, I've got good news. Throw. We don't need the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> One of that reminds me of my favorite thing to be is like running out of the cafeteria at comics, and Peter B. Parker grabs a bagel. Mm-hmm. He said he would. Yeah, and then he ta- and then he stick to the plan. Bagel back his shoulder under building. It hits somebody <laughs> on the head, and what he it does, it says bagel. <laughs> Who the fuck thought uh, of that? Because they're brilliant. Their attention to detail was beautiful. Yeah, you can you can tell that everyone involved in this movie, bottom, really saw it as a labor of love. Oh, they ab- they all put the effort in. Absolutely, I like. I can't imagine the amount man hours that went into editing and processing digital effects like just creating them because they're like anything I've ever seen it was just incredible uh, so in case we haven't made a clear audience it's a good movie you really yes, should definitely. This, I put this one in one of those you need to vote with your dollar categories of just this if this is a movie you need to go see because they need to make more movies like this. So here's an interesting fact with that 300 million that it made, it does not even make the list of the top 50 animated films of all time yet. Mm-hmm. Wreck-It Ralph at number 50 has made 471 Jeez, million. It's kids movies. Parents go in and they get a ticket for their spouse and between one and five children. That's so, true. And I, yeah, I don't feel like marketed Yeah, and, and most of these have been out for a year, too. I don't feel like this movie is marketed to children. I think children love it. Yeah, it's a little dark and brutal, but I mean, it's it, definitely not for children. I, I took my nine-year-old nephew to it, and he was he was all right with it. I mean, his dad's in the military, so he's kind of used to darker stuff a little bit. Number one was Frozen, though, which explains oh, why yeah, they're no. making the sequel. It's $1.3 billion. Yep. And if you've seen, like, they haven't made another movie yet, but if you've ever seen any of those kids' channels or Disney XD or anything, there's so much content. All, all redundant, and it all feels the same, but they've got so much content. And they're just going to keep making it and keep milking it. Yes, they will. Incredibles 2, 1.2 billion, 
and it's still it's in the still theaters. in theaters. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, in America. Oh yeah. Um, wait, did yeah. you say Incredibles or the Incredibles Two? Yeah, Incredibles it's the more Two. Recent movie. But yeah, no. At some point, people yeah. in movies figured out that there was no point in having a giant gap between theaters and DVD release. I think the industry had it in their heads for a good long while that that somehow made them more money, but it didn't. And they eventually figured that out. So now theaters keep movies for forever, and then and then it's pretty much DVD or streaming drop immediately after that. So movies don't just sit in theaters for a month or two anymore. They'll stay in the theater for six and a half months. I don't understand that. Depending on how well they do. There must be something with the licensing that they change that makes it easy for theaters to, to keep the movie licensed to show. I don't know. I don't know. How, I, I'm sure that was dictated by finance. Something in the finance has changed. I'm for a second break. Mm-hmm. So, second break. Are you cool enough to call yourself a genre junkie? Do you bury yourself in books of bloody terror? Or delight in technological what-ifs? Maybe you like to escape to magical realms full of heroes and magic. Well, every other week, join Scott and I, Sandra, as we discover new books to satisfy your horror, sci-fi, and fantasy cravings. Subscribe to Genre Junkies on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. And don't forget to read past your bedtimes. And welcome back to the Extra Unordinary. We missed you all very deeply. We did. We're sorry for the, I can't think of the word, um, the very issues. blunt disconnect, but we're back. And we hope you enjoyed the break. We were fixing our audio settings, so hopefully we sound better. So, to wrap up our discussion on Into the Spider-Verse, how did everybody like the ending? I liked it. I I thought it was very appropriate. I thought everybody ended up where they needed to be. I thought it was weird that Peter B. Parker was trying to stay behind, but I thought maybe that's because he felt so miserable from where he was at that he felt more important here. But well, he was, I'm he glad was they all scared. went home. Yeah, he was scared to go back and try and fix it all. And that fear was coupled with a fear of leaving Miles, who was, what, 15 and been a spider person for three hours? <laughs> yeah, like a day and a half. And, uh, you yeah, Spider-Man's about guilt. <laughs> he was prepared to feel guilty for leaving Miles there by himself. But that's that was kind of the beauty of the Spider-Verse is so many of the Spider-People got a little bit alleviated from their guilt. Because for, for Gwen Stacy, she got to see Peter Parker alive and uh, the kind of the broken hobo version, but still alive. <laughs> I mean, broken hobo is still better than dead. Yes, be- better than tragically struck dead. Um, Agreed. And then Miles was able to alleviate some of Peter's incoming guilt because he, you know, I can't let Spider-Man die again. Neither can I. Um, And he took that ownership and just basically told him he could do it and I'm going to be fine. And I appreciate all your help. And that it it was nice to see the guilt toned down for all of the spider folks because they all deserve it, but they never get it. 
and this clash of the universe allowed them to kind of give each other some freaking therapy, some well-needed therapy, <laughs> especially for Spider-Man Noir, especially for that guy. Yeah. Ooh. He needs a hug. He's got his Rubik's Cube now. I think but I love I love that he he's literally ended it with I love you all because this is the guy who's burning burning matches down to the fingertips and punching Nazis. And he just straight up said, I'm taking this thing that I don't understand. Also, I genuinely love you people. OK, Aww. thanks. Bye. <laughs> so cute. So wholesome. Yeah, no, they all got some amount of therapy out of out of the insanity of it. And that was really nice. It was really yeah. nice for everybody. Uh, I love the part where Miles, like, comes back and is really good at being Spider-Man. <laughs> Peter B. Parker's like, I'm so proud of you. Wait, do I want kids? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, can't relate. Oh, uh, yeah. He was... He was great. Yeah, I just... Oh, I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you when you needed bread. I'll fill this whole building. <laughs> Dude, I feel like Peter B. Parker was like the most relatable Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's because he's broken hobo Spider-Man. And what, can, so what else can we all relate to more than someone who's kind of broken inside but still fights for good? Isn't that what we're all trying to do? By surviving 2018, we didn't do that. Yep, that's what we're doing. We have to keep doing it, though. That's the problem. <laughs> ah, fuck. I, I for one, have gotten my sp crying in the shower while wearing a Spider-Man costume down to a minimum. Um, Only once a week? I've got it down to, like, twice a month. Nice. I'm proud of Not you, bad. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I only do it during my time of the month. Fuck <laughs> you, Joe. Ah, uh, yes. During your myriad. My 28-day gestation period. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have uh, one last roundtable question for unless anybody wants to talk about the movie some more. No, I think we covered everything I had. Yeah, I think there's so much that we can cover. I think it's good to leave the discussion where it's at before we spend another five hours here. <laughs> well, and it's also a newer movie. I don't want to like. I don't want to talk too much on plot points, even though we kind of already have, because I want people to go see and enjoy this movie. This is oh, this yeah, is what comic book movies should be: depth, oh, layers. I love that that they had like the comic book phrases and signs and stuff like happening. That was great. that was a wonderful. Oh yeah, the style was freaking great. That was It was just so well done on all of the levels. And it didn't like it wasn't distracting and it didn't like take away from the action. Like it wasn't like he's hitting someone and you like see the like, you know, action bubbles and you're like, "Oh, I'm watching mm -hmm. the action bubble instead." It was like it was fluid with it. It was great. And they were good at they were good at that on everything. Uh, one of the things we touched on earlier was inclusion and how Peter B. Parker was Jewish and there was only one way to tell. And that was like for half of a frame. Um, but also a lot of people watch this movie and didn't realize like, yeah, there's this, this movie had a Jewish black and Japanese spider person in it. 
And a pig. And a pig. <laughs> and none of it none of it felt forced. They all felt like they belonged and it was so well done. I and even the agree. Jewish Spider-Man accepted the pig, which I thought was kind of awkward. <laughs> well we didn't have to eat the pig. Right. No, and then actually, technically never touched either. If if you watch the end credits, there's there's a scene where Spider Pig ends up on a spider pig roast. But then also, that. That oh yeah! And then, and then they flip it, over. and then it's Spider Man, yeah. and that's that was great. Oh that god, awesome. that ending credit scene with the what is it, Spider Man nineteen sixty something? Yes, double identity. And he's like, I'm literally you, you fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, what I love is it's like a genuine. That's like a genuine setup for a sequel too. I would watch just an entire movie that was them just yell that that was just him yelling at. <laughs> I would definitely watch a movie of just spider people dicking around. I want to oh, wow. see the buddy cop movie of Spider Man and Deadpool. I wonder if one of the best like... Spider Noir and Spider Ham. I I'm pretty sure there's comics about that. I can't remember if this is real or not, or if this is someone made up on the internet, but one of the things I desperately want to see is Spider-Man fighting with Deadpool. His web shooters run out, and all the bad guys are coming, and he grabs one of Deadpool's guns. And Deadpool's like, oh my god, this is it. Spider-Man's finally gonna shoot somebody. Oh my god. And Peter, and Peter just beans someone in the head with a gun by throwing it. <laughs> and then Deadpool's That's just so sad. He's just like, no. Like, oh, 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 but I needed that. I can't yeah, remember if like, someone no made that up. I can't remember if someone made that up or if it actually exists in a comic, but I love it very much. <laughs> so, my table question is for the impending sequel, because we all know there's going to be one. I'll be so sad if there isn't. I know. This is the one time I w- I'm like, okay, with uh, countless sequels. There better be. Well, I want to see the whole damn Spider-Verse. Me too. Um, so, in the next movie, what villain would you like to see? Oh my god, we didn't talk about Wilson Fisk and how we... I know. Giant- I yeah, we didn't about- talk about that at all. Higher I was frame. thinking when we were talking about the ending about bringing that up, but then we moved on. Should we just go back and do some Wilson Fisk? Because, like, the let's Vanessa thing is important. Yes, let's talk about it. Yeah, and it's so depressing. Like, I felt bad for him. It I is, know. but it's also his fault for brutally murdering people. Like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do that, and maybe like, your wife would still love you. Right. But it's like, the thing he did that made them leave in the first place, and then they come back, and they're, I don't know if, like, they're aware when they come back in that scene and if they see him do it again and they leave well there's no there's no going back he's pulling from other universes so it's either like an overlay of when it happened in their universe and they're seeing it all over again or they're literally just popping into the freaking train and seeing him do that well are they what was the phrase that he said where he's like, I know what you're trying to do and it's and it's it, not possible. it won't work, they're gone. Um he kind of makes the implication that they either leave him or die in every universe where they exist in a way that he knows. Um 
Which also brings up an interesting, horrible flaw in Fisk's plan. It's He's trying to steal his wife and kid from other Wilson Fisks. <laughs> oh, I did not even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, like if he had succeeded, he would have started an interdimensional war with other Wilson Fisks. It would have gone so poorly for everyone. Yeah, that's why Peter B. Parker tried to stop it. Yep. Well, also the black hole that was going to tear a hole into New York. And as, as Spider Man said, Brooklyn's not zoned for that. <laughs> You would have just lost hand over Fisk. Uh, God damn it. Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Even if his plan had succeeded, he would have launched an interdimensional war between New York supervillains. Well, it would just be between himself and versions of himself. Yep. And all of them are willing to screw over the other versions of themselves and blow up New York. Things would have gone very poorly for everyone. Yeah, it was really, really... I thought one of the most beautifully deep and heartbreaking things of this entire movie was him bringing them back at the very end from another dimension, and then it happens. Mm-hmm. Again. Yep, but it's kind of his own his own comeuppance. The only reason it happens yeah. again is because he's going down the same path and never stopped and he never learned his lesson. Exactly. Exactly. It's a good touch that, that what's hurt the villain is the villain. I know. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's sad, it's tragic, and it's supposed to be tragic, but also it's his own damn fault. Yeah, it is, and that's what's you know, kind of an oxymoron for a lot of villains is that their downfall is their own fault. Mm -hmm. But they're not talking about the administration. Oh lord. <laughs> Um, does anybody have anything else they want to add? We'll skip Wilson Fisk, um, Lily Tomlin. I loved Aunt May in this movie. She was amazing. She's made out of steel in this movie. I know. I love it so much. They wrecked her damn house. No, no, she kicks them out. She, yeah, she, and she, she kicks, kicks them, them out. out of the fucking yeah, house. but they blast through the damn wall, knock over her paintings, and break her teacup. I love it when she's like, hi, Liv. <laughs> I love this movie. It was so good. Uh, but oh, and when she's waiting for him, like at uh, around the end, and she's like, "You're late." Oh, precious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so good. And I like how she was in. She knew everything that was going on too when they first met her. She's like, "Oh, you finally made it. Let me guess. You're from another dimension. Come and meet your friends." Yep. And she I did all of that, like the day of or the day after her son was found dead. That would have been a lot to take in. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's not a very long timeline of everything happening, is it? 
Oh yeah, the whole mm-hmm. movie takes like for Gwen Stacy, it's a couple weeks, but for like Peter B. Parker, it's it's like a day and a half, maybe two days. Yeah, Whoa. that kind of makes it a little scary for like what would happen if they'd stayed in that universe longer. Yeah. Well, I know they could hold up for a while because Gwen had been literally thrown in the last week, so she'd been there for a week, and she didn't seem much worse off than the other ones. So they probably would have had some time, but it would have been a death sentence. Yeah, eventually their like body give out, I guess. Uh, yeah, the the way they described it was that basically their molecules are disobeying physics on occasion because they're in the wrong universe. And that's causing cellular decay, so they kind of have weird, glitchy super cancer. Yeah. That's the other scary thing, is the way they describe it is that the damage may not be undone if they go back. It just stops getting worse. But that that's getting into the nitty-gritty of it. I'm, the, I'm that type of nerd. I like to delve into the weird stuff. Exactly why we're getting you a little will that spins, putting things on it, and you're going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll talk about the weird nitty-gritty science of things. I'll ramble about that for a good while. I'll just do a whole a whole series on Farscape. Dude, do it. It's yours. <laughs> It'll be beautiful. I'm excited. Anyway, <laughs> um, that brings us to our, to our roundtable discussion, finally. Uh, the last one of the night, before we all log off. So, in the inevitable sequels, Thank God. Thank God. Villains, would you like to see be portrayed? Hmm. I'm. I'm. I'm always a fan of Doctor Doom. Um, I didn't necessarily like how he was portrayed yeah. in the movies or. Uh, no one's okay. Fantastic with that. Four. Um, yeah, but I'd also like to see Venom come into play. On yeah, that's that's one of the things I was gonna say because there's a Venom can have a very interesting arc. The symbiotes are fascinating because Venom's an asshole, but that's that's all Venom is. Like Venom's kind of a sociopathic asshole, but if they're attached to a host that isn't evil, it Venom kind of represents just as aggression. So there have been people who have successfully bonded with Venom and still done heroing shit. Uh, they're just kind of hyper-violent. Um, whereas you have Carnage, who is literally a bloodthirsty psychopath. And it's real interesting seeing this kind of villain, kind of anti-hero, just amplifies things in their host, versus this thing that will cut off your arms and feed them to you and laugh while it does so. And it gets, Carnage gets really brutal and dark. And there have been times in the comics where Venom has fought Carnage. Uh, Specifically because Venom doesn't have many lines, but Carnage finds them. (laughs) And uh, yeah, no, the the symbiote arc would be real interesting. Um, Another would be... um, I'm not even sure if you'd call it a villain because he actually did a lot of hero work. Uh, the the arc where there's a Spider-Man that's been taken over by Doc Ock. Uh, oh, that yeah. Pre- yeah, that premise is fascinating to me because 
as far as I know, and I haven't read the specific comics myself, basically what happens is Doc Ock takes over Spider-Man's body and then he becomes less crazy because part of the reason why Doc Ock was a villain was he had four supervillains welded to his spine. So once he transferred bodies, suddenly he didn't have four tentacles constantly trying to tell him to do evil shit. So he kind of de-villainized a good bit going into Peter's body, but he was still somewhat sociopathic and had great grand plans of grandeur. Uh, and I'd really like to see that integrated into a movie. You could either make him a villain or a side character or the twist in the movie where it turns out, ha-ha, this guy you thought was Spider-Man was actually Doc Ock all along. Uh, and there's a lot of complexity they can throw into him that. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, Cat, uh, I know you're not very familiar with the uh, Spider-Verse. But of any of the villains you do know, um, which ones you'd like to see? I want to see more Doc Ock. I like that they made her a lady. Me too. That was uh, a nice twist, especially uh, since it made that one Peter Parker not know that I she know. was Doc Ock. It was so yeah. good. I loved and again, it was uh, like a a role that you know, it was originally for, uh, like, because I, I love diversity, but I think a lot of people can ham-fist diversity in order to oh, appear yeah. woke. Oh, yeah. And I don't think this movie did it at all. I've seen some awkward, like, especially in promo art. Oh, man. If someone looks mixed race, they will try to change someone's race in a, in a promo art. And it's, oh, it's super freaking awkward. It can get it can get really bad out there. <laughs> There's a lot of people making a lot of missteps. But like you said, in this movie, everything was either random or for a reason, or random in the movie, but for and writing purposes had a reason, and it was just beautifully done. Nothing in this movie feels forced. Yeah, nothing feels forced. Everything feels elegant and natural, and it's so damn good. Yeah. And that reveal it, that reveal caught me off guard too. I was not expecting her to be Doc Ock. I don't yeah, know I if you guys were like, "Oh yeah, obviously," but no, I, I thought she was like a scientist at first. Yeah, it kind of seemed they kind they intentionally made it seem like potentially um, Fisk was forcing a scientist to do this work against her will. But no, yeah, except it turned out no. This was <laughs> Doc. This was Doc Ock's plan from the start. There was no against his, her will. This is exactly what she wanted to do. I love it. Um, as for me, I would like to see Craven the Hunter. Mm. I think he's such a cool one. And I just, I would love Miles meet him because i think i just think it's great yep madam webb would be also a great character to see thrown into this yeah i agree i'd love to see madam webb she is such an odd thing in the universe but 
don't know. I kind of like the presence, the the premise of a some for some reason omnipresent spider lady. Is that a deity of spider mutants for some reason? I would uh, also really like to see Oscorp in the Osborns. Like, yeah, it would be. Had, I know we had Green Goblin in that movie, but I would really like to see. Um, it's more about Oscorp. Yeah, because he's the human side of him. Villains of all time. Yeah, I would like to see a smarter Osborn, like you were describing, like the one that still runs an organization despite you know psychotically throwing exploding pumpkins. Peep, uh, and peep have him voiced by Willem Dafoe. Oh, that would be great. Bring it full circle. <laughs> that would be great. Also, did they refer to Fisk in this movie as Kingpin, or was he just Fisk? Uh, they referred to him as Kingpin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mysterio would also Yeah, they called him Kingpin. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I think a great cameo would be bringing Wolverine. That would be interesting. It. Even if it's just like a three-second cameo or something. I'm not sure how they do that, especially if it's going Spider-Multiverse, but it depends how much they want to cross with other properties, really. Yeah. Well, they were trying to bring him into Wolverine with Deadpool. So I think well, it would be interesting to bring him got Spider-Man. There's still some too. ownership issues kind of there. Uh, Wolverine and Deadpool are t both technically owned under the banner of X-Men, so they're both owned by Fox. Spider-Man is still with Sony. So that while Disney has acquired Fox, Sony is still running its own thing and has to get permission to use anything else from Marvel. So it's... Yeah. It would be a whole process. That doesn't mean they won't do it. But it's... Not as convenient as throwing in something else that Sony already owns. When did Disney acquire Fox? Yeah. It was earlier this year, I think. Okay. Well, it was it was announced like two weeks ago? forever and a day ago. Uh, and then it took forever to clear and actually go through. And there was a someone else took made a bid on Fox that didn't last terribly long. Um but the official acquirement happened fall last year, I want to say, like a month or so ago. But the deal that they made with uh, Sony, that was that was put through well before Spider-Man Homecoming. That's kind of how Spider-Man Homecoming happened. Yeah, because I feel like Spider-Man's in limit between being owned by Disney being owned by Sony. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, the Spider-Man deal really heavily favors Marvel, from what I can tell, where basically they can use Spider-Man as much as they want, and then if Sony asks nicely, they can borrow other Marvel characters. So they kind of just, <laughs> just took the reins from Sony and said, <laughs> no, this is how you make a Spider-Man movie. Watch and learn, and then maybe we'll let you do your own. Well, Sony just came out with the best Spider-Man movie of all time, so. Mm-hmm. It's working. We'll see how that goes. That will be interesting, but I think we have discussed 
Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse enough tonight. Um, we'd love to hear what you guys listening think. Um, tweet at us. Instagram us. I need to set those up for Boone Possum, but I'll get to it. And I've been John. <laughs> I've been I've been Joe. I'm Cat. And I've been awkward. Have a nice night, guys. <laughs> Good night.